Good morning to New Horizon. Long time, eh? Long time no yes. see. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Good morning, Anne. You're muted, Michael. Good morning. Good morning, Rev. How are you? I am good. I am now back, Rev. Yes. Good morning, Tashina. <laughs> good morning, Miss Rifa. I remember when we were going to to the wedding, Miss Rifa warned me I must take care of her daughter. <laughs> I'll never forget that. I remember, you know, she truly loved her daughter. I, uh, I want to share with you from a scripture the Lord has given me and about joy. And I think it's a profound word for this time that we are living in joy <clears throat> without joy we we have nothing we cannot live without joy we we are absolutely unterrible un un we we tend to quarrel we tend to fight we tend to get into trouble we we have no idea of life without joy and so this morning, the question has been asked, what is joy? What is joy? Joy is a gift from God. It's not, it's not an act of self-esteem. It's not happiness. It's a total gift from God. Let me share with you what God shared with me when I when Donald called me and asked me to speak and, and he called me liver stuff to different various places and I had to pull off the highway and pull on the side road and write this down. Profound. Joy is not a surface expression of one sense. Let me repeat that. Joy is not a surface expression of one sense. Senses were made for taste, touch, smell. Joy, on the other hand, is created deeply within us. In one's soul in one's body and it becomes the driving force of life it's not an attraction and it's also not an emotion or a thought and it's not what I intended it to be by having people duplicate joy in such a way that brings happiness to one's circumference or to one's atmosphere. Joy is something that's created deep within. The Bible says, and I read the scripture I would like to share with us is John 15, 5 to 11. If, if you would turn to it, please. 
and follow me. I am going to be quick. I'm going to bring three direct points from this scripture. And, um, and then I'm going to close out and, and, and let us discuss true joy. I'd like to use for a topic, maintaining the joy of the Lord. Maintaining the joy of the Lord. In John chapter 15, verse 5, I am the true vine, you are the branches. I'm reading from the New King James Version. <clears throat> he who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me you cannot do anything. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them in the fire and they are burnt. Verse 7, if you abide in me and my words are abides in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done unto you. Let me read that again. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. As the Father loved me, I also love, have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandment, you will abide in my love. Just as I have kept my Father's commandment, and abide in his love. These things, verse 11, I have spoken to you that my joy may remain in you. That my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. And that your joy may be full. This is verse 12, my commandment. The word keep there means to guide, to guard this joy or this commandment that God has given us. As human beings, we cannot keep the commandment as it is written in the Bible. So God fulfilled it in love in such a way when he sent, sends his son to die. And the word keep here means to guard. Guard it with all your heart. Guard the commandment of God with your entire being because guess what? Satan would like to take this commandment from you and cause you to be in chaos. Let's look at chapter uh, verse 5. Uh, for a moment I would like to share from verse 5 my first point. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. Joy. We look around us today in every given situation. I hear, uh, I don't remember who it was earlier on, talks about 
the situation in, I think it's Laverne, in Spanish Town, where almost every day we have some killing. Was it you, Laverne, to share? Oh, it was, it was Tamar. Taish? Okay. All right. In America, In, in Oklahoma, we had another mass shooting. I think it's Oklahoma, where this guy walked into a supermarket and he shot up the supermarket and killed, uh, must have been 10 black people, and they blame it on racism. Chaos is everywhere in the world right now. There is absolutely no joy. The joy that the Bible talks about is a different kind of joy. It's not a makeshift joy like, like when we get a present at Christmas time or at birthday time or when we buy a new car or a new shirt or new clothes. The joy we share from this scripture that we read is a joy that comes from deep within. Happiness is a different portion, but joy itself is a portion that only God himself can give. When you have joy, everything around you lined up with the will of God, so that if you are terrorized, if you are hurting, the joy of the Lord will carry you through without any demise. You will be dancing in pleasure because of this joy even when something serious is happening around you people will not understand why you are in this kind of condition and a friend might die or you might have an accident or something went on that tries to take this joy away from you the joy of the lord the bible says is my strength and so this joy germinates a different kind of lifestyle within us. Overcome the chaos that are around us so that we can be overcomers and show others this kind of joy. In verse 5, it says that, For without me you can do nothing. Without me who? Christ. So my first point is you have to have Christ in you. You have to have a relationship with Christ in order to dispel this kind of joy. If anyone does not abide in me, Jesus Christ says, he is cast out as a branch and withered and they gather them and throw them into the fire and they are burnt. If you abide in me, 
he says, and my words abide in you, you will ask what it will. Let's deal with Christ in us for a moment. How well do you know Christ? You might say to me, well, I'm a Christian. I, I go to church. I understand that I have to follow Christ. He died for me. No, I'm asking, do you carry him in your life every day? Do you portray him in everything? There are times when I'm driving on the road and I'm being real. Somebody cuts me off and I get mad. And I will curse. Not bad words, but I will get mad. Sometimes Donald will call me and I'm driving and somebody cut me off and I'm cussing, I'm fussing. And there are other times when I got up in the morning, I have a good devotion. I talk to the Lord, I have a good communication with him and I go out on the road and somebody does something that drives me crazy. And then I have to compare myself to myself what am I doing? What are you doing, Mike? Is this Christ's life? So I challenge you this morning. Is Do you know this kind of Christ? Does he live in you? Does he have your being? Does he carry you? Does he instruct you? Does he abide in you and you abide in him? Do you have to be sometimes cut off? from him in order for you to catch up with him or be burned. So my first topic is you have to abide in Christ. Second is verse seven, my, the word. Let's look at what verse seven says. It says, if you abide in me and my word abide in you, you will ask what you desire. One Bible puts it, they say, you shall ask what it will, and it shall be done unto you. The New International Version, the, the New King James Version says, and it shall be done for you. I asked a question of late. How well does Christ answer our prayer? And what causes us not to receive the answer to this prayer. When, when we were younger, we were taught that, but God says, not now, wait or hold on. Reading this scripture right here before me, it teaches me something entirely different. It says, if anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire and they burn. If you abide in me, verse seven, and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, what its will, and it shall be done for you. No delay, it shall be done for you. So what is causing it not to be done for us? Let's look at the word again. If you abide in me, that means abide in Christ. And my words abide in you. How much, how well do you know the word of God? How well do you know the word of God? Do you 
study the word enough do you understand the word enough does the word live in you move in you and 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 gravitate the kind of life in you that whatsoever you ask the father believe in you receive it what is hindering you from receiving what you ask god for is it that you are not abiding in the word you will say to me yes reverend kalmar i abide in the word i read the word every day there are two separate uh meaning of the word one is logos and one is rima the rima word and uh, the logos is a written word and there are times when we read the word and we study the word and we go through the word and the word jump out at us I don't know if it ever happened to you. You're reading the word one day and, and, and you have read this thing over and over and over again. But this particular day you're reading the word, you're reading the very same word you have read a couple weeks ago. And all of a sudden, boom, this word jump out at you. You call a friend or you call your, your somebody, a loved one, anyone. And you say, did you see that? Can you, can you see this? What is happening in this world right now? and they do not have a clue you are the only one who understand the word the the, the, the rima word that jump out at you the word is life the word is life and the word brings life and my word abides in you you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you by this my father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. When was the last time you disciple as a disciple? It is a hard thing to do, especially now. We are living in a time now where, especially the young people, the 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 the. They don't want to hear nothing about the Bible. They don't want to hear nothing about God. They don't want to understand the word. The world at large right now are living in a cocoon where anything goes. They want to live their life the way they want to live it. And that's how it is. Nobody want to know about God anymore. I hear, I hear Pastor Bolt says this morning that, that we are coming to a time where the churches are drying up. In England, there are hardly any churches. The big churches that used to carry the word of God, did you know that most of them now turn into theaters or playground or amusement parks? The churches that used to carry the word of God what are we doing as a church, as a body of Christ, to emphasize the word, the technology that we are using today? We can reach people across the globe. Are we just spending time literally literating each other with the word and not sharing the word with somebody outside there have we when last was the last time you passed somebody on the street and stop and say to them you know god love you and i love you too when was the last time we did something good in order that somebody mindset has changed 
to become Christ-like? When was the last time we changed somebody's heart? Instead, we talk about the word to each other, knowing quite well that we have to disciple other people outside there who need this word in order that God be glorified, that you bear much fruit so you will be my disciples, Christ says. What a word. When was the last time you be his disciple? And my third point to us is love. Verse 10. Let's look at verse 10. It says, let me finish ver uh, verse 10. Yes, if you keep my commandment and you abide in my love, if you keep my commandment, and you abide in my love. So verse one, um, my first point, Christ. My second point was the word. Now, my third point is love. And let's look at this word love as it is written before us. If you keep my commandment, you will abide in my love. Just as I kept my father's commandment and abide in his love these things i spoke unto you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be filled these things i spoke unto you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be filled let's look at the word love and the commandment the, 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 when the, the pharisees and the sadducees asked jesus christ uh how do we keep this commandment uh they, they challenged him about the commandment he turned around and he looked at them they are fulfilling one word love they couldn't understand it they could not understand it. And let us look around us today. How many people are showing love in this world that we live in? Are we showing love? Because sometimes I tell you the truth. Sometimes I wonder if I truly love the people I see around me, especially when they rub me the wrong way. I'm being real. In my job, the job I do, I remember one time I went to this guy and I said to him, listen, I cannot deliver the goods to you unless you pay me in cash. That's what my bosses are telling me. There's no way I'm gonna deliver these goods to you unless you pay me in cash. And the guy spit on the ground and called me a nigger. Let me tell you something. The, 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 the love that God gave me went through the door at that moment. Sister Rifa, uh, Reverend Bolt knows, uh, nobody else knows what I carry with me when I drive on the road. And I had to back up and look at this guy and say, let me tell you something, rephrase that right now. I am not a black American, I am Jamaican, and I don't play this. Back up because he's coming at me and I pull away my shirt and I have to introduce him to a friend of mine 
and he backed up. He threw the money on the ground. I said, you pick that up and you handed it to me and you apologize right now. I have to maintain my sanity sometimes when I go out to deal with some of these people. I have to remember the kind of joy that this Bible talks about. I have to remember the kind of word that this, this Bible talk about. I have to remember who I represent, the Christ in whom I live. And, and last, I have to remember the love that contribute from this joy. The love that can It is hard. I tell you the truth. It is hard to love. I don't know, know about you, but it is hard to love. It's not an easy game. And I am happy that, 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 that you choose this topic joy because when you look at the word joy it's not an, a, a word that you can play with but a word that you have to emphasize each day when you go out there when you meet somebody in the supermarket when the mailman knock at your door when the garbage man come to pick up your garbage when the neighbor next door left something in order for your car to get punched or, or or just block the driveway you have to remember this joy. So let me emphasize a little bit more on this love. He says here, if you, are, if you keep my commandment, my words, my laws, my creed, my declaration to you as a believer, you will abide in my love. If you keep it, that means there's a possibility where, where you can't keep it. If you keep it, it is telling me that there is a possibility that arises that you cannot keep this commandment and this love. I am talking to you from my heart because as a minister of God and as a believer of the word, I sometimes lose it. I lose it sometimes that I want to slap a guy across my head. And I have to remember these commandments because it goes right back to the beginning. That if you don't abide in me, my father will cut you off and throw you out as dry wood. Well, you'll be burned. It is hard. You come home to a wife or a husband and uh, <laughs> I overhear an argument yesterday. This girl been married to this guy for what? 20 years. 20 something years. And she came home, she buy her groceries and put in the fridge. They are married, they live in the same house. And she said, she, she walked by the fridge and she saw water on the floor. And when she opened the fridge, there was no light. She, she looked around, she said, she was one, where's the light? And, and, and when she go to the fridge, she sit, she sit and plug her meat, her, her, her milk, her juice, everything spoiled. So the person asks her, so what are you going to do? You need to ask him if he plugged out the fridge because only you and him are there. 
She said, I know it's him, but if I ask him about it, there's going to be a war in the house. The joy will go through the window. We, we super, we have a super, um, superficial kind of joy that we share. And we don't understand the joy of Almighty God. And the superficial kind of joy that we share is a joy that we have learned from we were a child with the gift that we get from our parents or or the sweetie that we got from our parents and we we sometimes mixed up joy with happiness happiness is just for the moment for the the the, the bling bling that you got but joy is deep within and it comes from the soul of the connection with the Almighty God. The superficial joy is joy for a moment. One moment you're sad and the next moment you're joyful. The Bible teach me right now that this is not the kind of joy that this scripture, John chapter 15 verse five is talking about. It is talking about a deep rooted joy that only comes from Almighty God. In, in I think it's First Corinthians 4, it says we are pressed down at all times, battered but not bruised, kicked, we are beaten, and yet we overcome. And it's a type of joy that Christ talks about, that when we get beat up through the terrors of life, we can experience through the beatings and through the hardship and through the cursing and through the, 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 the thorns and through the, 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 the batteration from one's friends or couples or things. Job went through it. But he maintained his joy in the Lord. And so today I am asking you to look back at the scripture when you can and look at the type of joy God talks about. He says here in verse 11, these things I have spoken to you. That means me. That my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be fulfilled or may be filled. Why would the Bible says that my joy may remain in you, may, may remain in you and that your joy may be full? Because there is a possibility that the joy that Christ shares can be taken away. That is why we have Satan and his demons. That is why we have people every day who goes around so-called Christian and call themselves Christian and don't know what it is to share joy. So I rest this with you this morning. Please make the joy of God fulfill in you. God bless you.